Ciao, Calcio fans. Welcome to United by Calcio, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the heart of Italian football. My name is Christian, and I'm joined, as always, by Robbie. Yes, sir. Welcome, Robbie. And on this week's episode, we'll be covering Match Day 14, uh, giving you a bit of a recap of some of the more interesting action from this past week, such as Monza and Juventus and the last breath kind of finish that that they that game had rather uh the napoli inter just i don't know can you call that a game i mean it was like one team showed up and one <laughs> didn't but we'll talk about that uh and then roma and sassuolo uh of course and, and roma's just up and down journey this past week uh bizarre bizarre little week for them but uh with that we'll also be covering uh, a few of the games from match day 15 coming up and uh well, we might as well start. So, Robbie, lead us in. Yeah, Juventus Monza. What a game. That's right. I mean, I know. Carboni scores, and here I am texting you like, uh-oh. <laughs> and <laughs> less than a minute later, got yeah. to. The, yeah. the guy that we knew would score in this game got to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of I course. Mean, he tried his best not to score. <laughs> he because did. Because when he yes. first swung and... He just missed that completely. Thankfully, his plant foot was there, and it just like propped yeah. it up right for him. And then he absolutely annihilated that ball. He yeah. hit that ball so hard that I am stunned it didn't go through the back of the net. Like, like I saw a clip, like uh, Patrick Kendrick, uh, one yeah. of the commentators, sh- shared it. And mm-hmm. He's like, thankfully, D'Ambrosio didn't get in the way because it was an inch from his yeah. head. And honestly, yeah. he would have gotten the worst concussion ever if he was in that path. Oh, 100%. I mean, well, you know, let's be serious. So Gatti's been, he's got a lot of tension built up. He's got a lot <laughs> of tension built up. So, you know, he, he sort of has had a bit of a rough, you know, stretch of time here, right? So that was all that anger just releasing. It was very <laughs> cathartic for him. Uh but you're right. I mean, I remember you texting me and then that happening. And then you texting me after that saying, wow, essentially, just like what what is going on? And I just couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, what I, I don't even know what to say about it, to be honest with you, because he whiffed at that first one like I've never seen anyone whiff before in the game, professional game. I don't know. Yeah, it was a Sunday league type of goal. <laughs> Where you just, I mean, credit to Rabio. Like, Rabio, I'm not a fan of him, but he played really well. He got the goal and just bodies a defender, gets by him, and finds Gatti in the right place. Props to him. Like, that was a great play. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Gatti, like, what? At the end, of the, he scored. So, like, yes, he did. Who yes, he did. Criticized, but like, 100%. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't put him in front of goal. Just like, just like by the way, I wanna, I wanna spread the criticism around because you know, I love this team, but I also wanna just pull my hair out when it comes to this team because Vlaovic misses a penalty and he is oh so lucky, oh so lucky that Rabiot comes through for him because boy, mm, he almost just screwed us there. <laughs> but Mr. Rabiot, big day, huge day. I mean, this man had an assist and a goal. And also, I don't know why you hate him, uh, hate him so much. I mean, he is actually a very good midfielder. I, I, don't, I don't hate him. It's just he's not that great. He's just, <laughs> eh. He's, he's mid. It is what it is. It's just job, he's man. mid. Nah, he's, he's mid. You know, right, him and his right, mom you know is, a, is a, like, <laughs> mid. Like, you just, eh. Uh, don't talk about the guy's mom. Come on, man. Isn't she his agent? Yes, she is. Not. Yeah. So, like, that's like, yeah, like that's. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Inter's own Valentin Carboni. I mean, yes. What a a shot! He came on and just immediately made an impact, and he almost tied it up after. Yeah, I know that was crazy. I, Mm -hmm. I, I was terrified for one, and you could see. I think it was. Chesney and I think Bremer were screaming at the midfielders to do something. And you think mm-hmm. to yourself, okay, this is a professional soccer team, right? They know you're not supposed to give a player that much space. 
You're not supposed to do that. And they, I mean, they were giving him all day and he teed that up and I thought it was going in for a second. It was a shot. Like there's no, it says he's not getting that if that's any, any, uh, any more accurate. He's not getting to that. Yeah, it was right there. And, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we want to see out of a kid like him. Like coming on in the final 15 minutes, like you're going to get some time. Like This Mm -hmm. is the point of the loan move. And making an impact immediately and hopefully going forward for inter sake, he gets more playing time and maybe a couple starts and keeps making that impact and getting that growth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is exactly what you want uh, out of a loan move. This is a dream of any team to loan somebody out. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way. For sure. Oh boy. How many times have we seen uh, benchings uh, happen uh, during a loan move, which uh, less than ideal. But speaking of a player that was not benched in this game, Cavilla, he performed very well in this game. This was a good game. I mean, especially after the, the rough, rough performance uh, last game. He played very well. Good distribution, confident on the ball, had had good you know structure and poise. I I thought he played very well. Yeah. Especially given the, the second game. Yeah, got got the assist on Rabia's goal. But yeah, I mean it was this is more of the game that you would expect him to be playing in you expect him to be inserted into the game against monza like that's no disrespect to monza but this isn't the derby d'italia of course like that shouldn't have been his first game into the starting 11 uh it's so much pressure yeah and all that so like this is more his speed you can so you're playing against a lot of players that Mm -hmm. are closer to his age and experience Mm-hmm. So it's just, and it's, you have a player like Rabia who can, he yeah. can lean on and yeah, it was a, it was a good outing for him. Um, at the end of the day, Juventus got the three points, props to them. This is, oh, see, this is the type of game that I mm-hmm. look at and I see that is how you win a Scudetto. Not the 92nd minute equalizer. That's not yeah, great, yeah. but mm-hmm. the ability to find that winner late. Right, because uh, most teams do not find that second goal that Juventus. Did. No, no, and absolutely not. Credit to them; they yeah. they found a way, and that's all absolutely. that matters. Because at the end of the day, three points are three points, and it doesn't matter oh, how you do it. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. I mean, this is uh, this is exactly what you want. And leaving, you know, this game was definitely uh, had some questions, of course, but. Um, you know, generally speaking, we won. It was a tough game, and Monza always gives us a tough game. I mean, you, you look at some of the last matchups we've had with this team, they beat us 2 0 last time we played them on January 29th. We won uh 2 1 the what 10 days before that, and then they beat us the time before that. So, uh, you think about that, that you know, this team is a tough team to play against for any of the big, the big four, so to speak. In this league, yeah, they are uh, a thorn in most big team sides. Oh, absolutely! But you know, I I do have to give it to Rabiot. I mean, Rabiot uh, stepped up. He showed up. He was present. Uh, you could feel him in every aspect of the game. There, uh, I couldn't have asked for more, especially given the fact that we're we're a little emaciated currently in, uh, in the midfield. But uh, I do want to just mention a couple of little verbs. One, including Gagliardini. Who apparently was taunting uh, Rabiot during that uh, that goal? Um, uh, it was just hilarious. Rabiot posts a, an Instagram uh, story essentially afterwards, right? And he puts Gagliardini's name on the top of that, and he essentially tells him, you know, to be more humble, especially after he, you know, he contributes to the second goal. Uh, and I'm, I just love that Gagliardini of all people doing that. Like, really, man? Come on! It's what you expect out of him. Gotta he's, love it. It's just who he is. He th- that man thinks he's the best. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's oh, he is the worst. I, mm, I do he not is bad. Him. He is bad. But with that, with that humorous, uh, you know, uh, little confrontation aside, I, I do want to start with something a little more serious because there's, there's this whole Vlavic situation. He's our penalty taker currently, right? Juventus only really has one person. Who can do that? Milik is the only other real option, but he's on a bench. You can't. You're not exactly going to replace Flavich with Milik, right? So what? What does Juventus do? 
I mean, yeah, if Vlahovic has to be better, like that's kind of like for from my perspective, it's great to have a player who is almost like ninety five percent conversion rate. Like you know, you get a penalty, you know, you're gonna get a goal, and like for me, like Inter has that in Hakan. I'm always terrified yeah. when Lotaro does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, you certainly have to find someone who's going to consistently be able to step it up or at least try and start giving it to someone else. Maybe That's have right. them try and find it. Maybe Kostic is the guy. Maybe Rabio is the guy. Exactly. Sometimes pen- penalty takers aren't that number nine, that like pure striker. They yeah. are Hakan. Um, but yeah, I mean, they'd certainly have to find something where they're going to get consistent, like 90% rate mm-hmm. goals from the penalty spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Vlaovic that? Maybe? Maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I, I think he's, uh, ever since last season, I've just noticed this issue, this strange uh, reaction he has on the field, where you can almost chart his sort of declined throughout the game by looking at his expression and his body language and his posture. It, and it's like, it's never good when you see him and it's 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, and it's never good when you see him already pouting and throwing his arms up in the air. And it just seems like that is, is essentially predicting what, what his performance will be like for the, for the rest of the game. Usually anyways, um, am I wrong in that assertion or are you seeing that too? No, but I, I don't know if it's more like an attitude. It just feels like that's just how he is. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like I feel like he gets frustrated a lot because of service and he, he thinks of himself as the best striker in the world. And that's fine. You want that as a striker. Like, yeah, I yeah. would want my striker being having that mentality. Um, and I feel like he gets frustrated by little things. He does. Sometimes it's evident. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't worry about it long term. I, I just think Vlavic is the guy. Like he he is good in my mind. Um, I agree. And I'm always nervous about him. And I think mm-hmm. him and Chiesa are a great combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about someone I don't like. That's that's Chiesa. Um, bad <laughs> mannerisms. <laughs> I, I understand. I do understand what you're saying, but uh, don't talk about Kazel that way, okay? Just keep, <laughs> keep his name out your mouth, okay? <laughs> but jokes aside, uh, I, I do get it. Kazel does do the whole te- temper tantrum thing uh, as well, and it frustrates me to no end as well. I, I just just get up and get going, please. The ref is not going to be like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Now that you complain for the 1500th time, now I'm going to. Yeah, whistle, guys. Uh, go back to where Kiesa's sitting. Like, that's not going to happen. Just move on, please. Anyways, I feel like I could just devolve into some rant on that front. But I will say, positive takeaway, we are now, or we were temporarily at the top. Inter <laughs> went back up there. It's all right. We'll, we'll get it back in no time. Speaking of Inter, this Napoli game, what is going on with this Napoli team? Because... I don't know. I, I did you see this game? Because I mean, I, I, I did. I'm not sure it was a game. I thought it was just Inter showing up, and it was just that's it. I disagree. I thought Napoli had good spells where, if they were a little bit better in front of goal, mm-hmm. they could have won this game. The big thing was Inter weathered the storm. They got yeah. a brilliant strike from Hakan, mm-hmm. and it was halftime, and it won nothing. Napoli probably should have gotten a penalty. Um, it probably it was a little soft, but in my mind, if that was my team getting like fouled, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a foul. Like a Cherubi foul is awesome. And it's for me We've that's a penalty. Soft, yeah, yeah, like that's a penalty. And yeah, yeah, Absolutely. a one-one game is so much different than one-zero, where literally two, three minutes later, Barella goes down, scores. And yeah. for me, the big thing is the defense was just not there for Napoli. And that's no. the big... And no, they were not. Moret certainly didn't help him out. Now, okay. the first Terrible. and second goal, I don't think that's on him. The third goal, like, what are we doing? Taram yeah. touches that ball on the three-yard mm-hmm. line. 
inside yeah. his butt. Like, what are, that was what are you not, doing? Like, how how does that pass get there? It's it should never happen. Absolutely. Like, yes, that was a great performance from Inter. Mm-hmm. They hadn't won in Naples since like the nineteen seventies. So that's, that's yeah, like that's an impressive win. Yeah, that is a Scudetto defining win. Now build on that, but. Yeah. Like I just keep questioning, like what are Romani and Ostegard doing? Like, how does Taram get that much space there? How did they let Barella run from the forty yard forty yards out yeah. to scoring from four yards out? Like he he just casually dribbles past two guys and then just taps it past Merritt. And like, there's nothing Merritt can do in that spot. Like, what no. do you want him to do? Like, yeah, maybe react a little bit faster, but like. You're not expecting him to get by the two defenders. You're expecting a shot if you're him. And, yeah, just it felt like the Napoli defenders turned off in key moments. And the Inter defenders and Summer turned on in key moments. I mean, you know, that that, that is perfectly put. Uh, I think that just just to clarify, Napoli did actually show up to play. I, I just don't. That's I expect far more from from a Napoli side. Like they they need to do far far better than that. For me, that was them not showing up, because there's no way you can leave a game a high stakes game like this without one goal. Forget the penalty. You've got to be more resilient, right? Penalties don't always go your way, right? I mean, how many times have we seen it? Even with VAR, right? It happens. You have to be more resilient than that. And if you've got this team and the the setup that they have. Osman and Kvara have to be better, right? They, they, they just have to be. There's no excuse for it. So in my mind, it, they didn't show up. It might as well not have because this is not a team that we sort of expect to just be scrappy and try their best, right? This is a team that just won a Scudetto, right? And I mean, there's some turmoil, yes, but for the most part, it's the same team. There's a, a pretty massive hole left by uh kim and jay leaving right but still we've got the attacking power at the very minimum there should be some of that same flair uh up front um i do also want to mention inter achieved something pretty difficult to do um you know last time that they beat napoli at home and well napoli stadium there was uh in 2020 january 6th that's crazy. That is absolutely insane. That tells you something about the atmosphere you're playing in, right? That it takes three years for you to finally beat a team in their home stadium. That's crazy, um, especially with a team like Inter, right? We're not talking about a Monza or something. And again, no offense to Monza, but, you know, reality. Anyways, this Napoli team did not show up, in my view, because of that. Like you, you, you cannot have this kind of performance. And Osman has to do better. Like, again, I know that was not that call. We've seen softer penalties be given, much less than that, right? But they just have to do better. Yeah, I mean, even if you take the penalty out, of course, like Osman didn't play well. I'll give no. you that. Like Osman didn't play well. I thought Kavar played pretty good. He, of course, he just didn't get on the stat sheet and Politano, I thought also played, but like he hit the crossbar was quite unlucky. Mm-hmm. He had summer beat from distance. It was an unbelievable shot. Just rattled the crossbar. Um, and that would have put him up one, nothing. And again, that could change the whole landscape. Um, just, it felt like any moments that there was a little bit of luck involved didn't mm-hmm. go Napoli's way and they went into yeah. way. And mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, sometimes that's how games are decided. Um, 100%. Yeah. But overall, it felt like Inter consistently put themselves in the better situations. And that's why the scoreline ended up 3 to 0 and not a 1 0 or a 1 1. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, uh, you've got uh, Taram scoring, which, by the way, this guy, what a pickup. I mean, we're going to talk about this every game, I feel like, right? We're just going to keep talking on and on about this guy. You guys. What a coup. Like, amazing <laughs> job. Seriously, like, you got him for nothing. Really. You got him for Four nothing. Three. And this man is performing at such a high level right now. 
And he is, I mean, forget performing. He's also getting along with Lautaro, right? With such a difficult thing to to create a new strike partnership and have it perform the same season, right? Uh, it takes time usually. And these two are just clicking like nothing else. Uh, it's as if uh, Lukaku who? Like who Who cares exactly. about Lukaku, right? Yes, um, yes. That's the storyline I need. Lukaku? So, <laughs> exactly, right. So when you consider that, though, I mean, Lautaro had an assist. Turam scores, Barella had an assist and a, and a goal, and then Chalanolu scores again. Like all cylinders, the players that need to perform for you guys performed. That is what you guys need for for consistency there, and it happened. Yeah, and um, that's that's what Napoli didn't do. That's the issue there. Yeah, and uh, and even Turam scored a offside goal as well. It was like a millimeter offside but yeah yeah that was i'm really bringing that out because like the chemistry mm-hmm. between lataro and taram is evident mm-hmm. like yeah, they is. just know exactly when the other is going to go to the ball and make yep. the pass and the other knows exactly where to go for a run like absolutely toro has that perfect header down to get to taram and they're just always knowing where each other are and going mm-hmm. to be and that's, that's so crazy. key. And that was what was so crucial about like Lataro and Lukaku together. They had that similar connection and partnership that made them score goals. And it does feel like Taram just has come in here and with ease, scoring, passing, getting all the goals and assists, and what a player. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and it just reminds me uh, of, of that partnership at, at its height, of course, but it just also remember the goal from last week, right? Again, when, when Inter played Juve, that beautiful three passes from Sommer all the way to Lautaro, right? When Lautaro left uh, Gatti in, in no man's land. Um, I mean, that was perfect. Essentially, it, it, it requires so much just experience with each other and understanding of each other's positioning to be able to make that pass the way Taram did on the right. And then do it so well that you just you know he's gonna be there. You know Lautaro is gonna find a way to get to that ball. That takes confidence, and uh, I mean plenty of it right now. I mean this guy is on fire. He's giving Lautaro, I think, a run for for the money in terms of like performing performer of the season. Let's be serious. For sure. But, I mean, they both benefit from each other. So right, who am I to take it from one? I mean, Lautaro is of course scoring more. Um, but also like credit to Inzaghi. He has these guys Mm -hmm. playing so well, getting up for games and playing great football. Yeah. Like when I tune in, like I'm not suffering like I normally do. I'm (laughs) watching good, fun football. And that's all like, Mm -hmm. that's what most of us just want. We want to watch some exciting footy, see some goals see some great plays and it does feel like he's putting these guys in great positions where he has the structure. He has the passing structure that he wants and Mm -hmm. how each distribute, but they're putting their own flair on it, on it. And it's, it's beautiful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I I will say something that pops to mind is I think Inzaghi has, uh, has done a great job of resting the players in, in, in the proper intervals. Um, he's done a really good job of paying attention to that because, uh, of course, as the season wears on, right, you, you want to reduce the risk of injuries, especially with how often players uh, are playing nowadays. And I think he's done that very well, you know, knock on wood, uh, at this point, uh, as of this moment, right? It seems like everybody, when they're playing, they're playing. And it's working out well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm liking the resting players. Like, I like the Benfica resting of players. Mm-hmm. The injuries are becoming a concern. DeVry got hurt. Dumfries got hurt. Both are out for a month or late December. So that's Mm -hmm. not ideal because Havard's out for that long, basically. Bastoni, thankfully, is coming back. But you're basically – and Quadrado isn't fully healthy yet. So Darmian is being asked to play basically every game at multiple positions every time. Yeah. Or you're going to have to start relying on Jan Bissek to be ready in big, big games, which I just don't think he's ready for. 
Well, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we do have to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, like you saw Cavilla uh, playing against Inter, right? That's a big game. Um, mm-hmm. Not ideal to start Cavilla in, in that kind of a game, like you mentioned yourself. So, uh, Bissick did not do horribly. I mean, in his performance, he came on, he did his job. It, you know, it, yeah, you make mistakes, but you move on, you learn from it, right? He's still a young player. You'll do fine. You'll be good. But, you know, this team is very exciting right now. Seriously, like the way you guys are playing is the way I wish we were playing. Just absolutely never going to happen. But And most importantly, top of the table. That's right. That is true. Enjoy <laughs> for now. We'll we'll be back up there. Don't worry. But with that, speaking of a team that I, I honestly genuinely don't think will will even make it in the top four of the season is Roma. Like what what an up and down week. Just disappointing. And then uh, we'll get more into that. But let's start with the Servette game. What are they doing? What yeah. are they doing? I mean it's not great. You you don't want to tie a team a team like Servette. Um No, you don't. But yeah, I mean, now it's just you gotta win your last game against Sheriff and hope yes, Brock Prague loses to uh Servette. Which won't happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Roma felt going into that game that it was unlikely that Brog dropped points in either game. So mm-hmm. they weren't gonna make up that goal differential. But right. still you gotta win those games. Um, yes, I'm not going to crush them too hard because they did end up qualifying for the next round. Um, yeah. But yeah, like we, it was really that came down to the Prague games. They didn't get it. Lukaku right. scored another get goal. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, he did. Europa League king. <laughs> probably self-proclaimed, but he just does always score in the Europa League. It's yes, quite impressive. Um, yes, he does. But that's his level, so... <laughs> wow, that was I was waiting for it, <laughs> but it still hit. It still hit. Uh, Lukaku. Well, well, <laughs> well, you know, it's not like you you don't you don't dislike him, do you? Like, <laughs> no, he's like my favorite player. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. I, I think. <laughs> uh, tell me more, but <laughs> no jokes aside. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm not hammering them. They are going through. But they did put themselves in a in a worse off position, right? Because you mentioned this last week in our in our pod, right? They are now potentially going to be faced with some higher powered opponent who's going to drop out of the Champions League. That is not a position you want to be in, because you're reducing, especially the way they're playing right now. You're not exactly the most confident that Roma can pull off a victory. Let's say if Milan somehow ends up the opponent, I, I, I'm not taking Roma in that matchup. But I agree. I would take Milan, but I don't think they can. Um, I mean, from I don't think they can that, either. But I'm, I'm just from making like just league standpoint. Um, but yes, Roma will most likely be underdogs, or it'll be a fifty-fifty game. Rather, you could right. have won the group and just skipped that round altogether. Yeah, which would have been key. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the result you want in the midweek no. fixture. Um, but thankfully for them, they get the result they needed on the weekend. Absolutely. Right. That's right. Uh, the game against Sassuolo, uh, they went two one, which is very good. They are currently in fourth. I don't foresee that lasting <laughs> very long. Um, especially with Napoli sniffing, uh, around them, but, uh, you know, they did win. This was a good game for them. They, they were performing consistently. I think you can have a couple of conversations about their finishing ability, perhaps because of the sort of shots on target here. Seven, you should you should be able to execute a little more on that on that finish. But we'll leave that criticism for later, I suppose. Another another podcast episode where I just feel like going and going to town on Roma. Um, it is disappointing because I expect more from this team, and, and that that's perhaps my fault. I expect more than this team is capable of producing. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if it's Mourinho that's uh, sort of limiting this team or if it's just the players uh, are either not the right fit, not the right combination, or just not the right mentality. What do you make of all this? Well, I feel like limiting is like not the right word. It just like they're in fourth place. So that's great. If you yes. told me Roma are going to come in fourth, and obviously we got... 
24 games to go. So long yes. ways. But they're exactly where they want to be. Like they're yes. not a Scudetto challenger. Mm-hmm. We knew this coming in. However, top yes. four was the goal. And they're doing just that. And they are. They are finding ways to win games late. Now, this is definitely something that they need to fix ASAP. They can't Absolutely. be going down early in games and then coming back. That's mm-hmm. not a consistent way to win games. That will no. bite you eventually. Um, but they have six goals in their last four Serie A games in the final 15 minutes. So, like, they are consistently finding ways to win games. I don't know what that yeah, is. Like, nasty. if it's they're just outworking opponents. I mean, Christensen's mm-hmm. goal was yeah. quite lucky. He just strikes it. It hits a defender's foot, pops up 30 feet in the air, and Consigli has nowhere, no idea where it is, basically. So just kind of like it was a lucky bounce. It Where'd the ball go? Sometimes, sometimes that's what you need. Yeah, absolutely. It, it wasn't impressive, but yeah. Again, three points are three points. And oh, they it are. does feel like Roma are just starting to consistently get that in yes. the league games where they're just like, I mean, they have, what, nine, ten points in their last four league games, so they've dropped two points and it was a derby. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, they've, they've had a good run. Absolutely. Uh, and that's why I want to make sure I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be critical of this team. I, I actually, Like I said, I think this team can perform better. This lineup should perform better. Their defense is fine. You know, it's not great. It's fine. It's okay. Um, especially with Mancini, just, you know, red card after uh, red card. But, you know, he scares the life out of me. I wouldn't want to play against him. Um, but outside of that, um, you know, you see the difference with Dybala on the field when Dybala is on the field. Clearly, he's a, the, the sort of key player of this team. I just feel as though the rest of this team is not producing consistently. Um, and, and that is something I think it's going to later on in the season is going to come back to bite them. I, I don't think they can honestly hold on to this fourth spot. I think Napoli have that uh, or someone, either Milan or Napoli. But speaking of disappointing, Sassuolo is also very disappointing right now. I mean, they come off of a pretty good game where they beat an Empoli 4-3, right? And they just fall on their face. There wasn't really much they were offering this game. No, I mean, Sassuolo are starting to trend in the wrong direction. And yes, yeah. that Empoli win was good, but they only have one win, that one win in their last nine fixtures all competitions right which is quite concerning like at some point those losses and draws start to be oh you start to be in relegation zone and they're five points clear at the moment but still that's a lot closer than it should be when you're sasuolo it is um yeah, so I mean, you're away to Cagliari, you're away to Udinese. Like those are two mm-hmm. games that are going to be crucial, and I mean, home to Genoa. So three games in a row that you gotta have seven points out of those. Yes, you do. Those Absolutely. three, and you if do. you don't, that's not ideal because no. those are teams you're directly competing with at the bottom of the table. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they have to come up with these points here. They, they have to fight for it, at least. At the very minimum, they have to draw. Uh, it, it's worrying. Uh, I mean, they are pretty close to that relegation zone. Again, plenty of games left. Doesn't mean that this is how it's going to end, but it doesn't look great right now. Um, for Roma, on the other hand, they are facing Fiorentina, uh, Sheriff, uh, and Bologna. Uh, followed by Napoli, Juve. Boy, that's a loaded, Six uh, games. Yeah, keep going yeah. after Juve. See it, right? Yeah, and then Cremonese and Atalanta right after that. So, yeah, they need to... They, they, they definitely need to, like, stay awake. They can't yeah. fall asleep at the wheel. And even after Atalanta, they're away to Milan after. 
So the next yeah. six league games, and then you include a Europa game and a Copa mm-hmm. Italia mixture mixed in. That's right. So do you risk resting against Cremonese, the team that knocked you out of Copa That's Italia right. last year? Exactly. Or like Sheriff, you can rest in that game. Yeah, yeah. Prague are not gonna lose to Sermat. It they are not you can't like you can certainly go for it. Yeah. But that's an opportunity to rest guys. Exactly. Rest the Dybalas, which is so crucial for him. Absolutely. His health and continued health and their season as a whole, because it Mm -hmm. basically lives and dies by Dybala. Yes, it does. Um, because he does do everything for them. Oh, so, yeah, this is a important stretch. If they are still in fourth after that on January 14th, after the Milan game, mm-hmm. they should be able to do it. Because that's how I see it. But now, granted, that's a lot of fixtures. But those are all against teams that are in the top eight. So it's going to be a fun next month and a half for Roma. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a bit of a busy month there. Mourinho was either going to have a a hilarious and clip-worthy press conference every other week, or he's going to be like, you know, uh, I don't want to say anything because, you know, I'll get in trouble. But but we'll see. Either way, it'll be entertaining for for me. But, you know, I'm just waiting for for him to just blow steam out of his ears uh, at some point because the Friedkins aren't giving him half a billion dollars. But you know what? With that, uh, let's move on to the Milan Frosinone game. Milan win three one. They pull away with their second victory in Serie A. Of course, this is not counting the Borussia Dortmund collapse, but we'll move past that game for now. What are we making of this? I mean, Pulisic clearly showed up. Yeah, Captain America. What a player! But yeah, I mean that goal. We'll start off with that Pulisic goal. Yeah. What a pass from Mike Magnan. Like, that is not something that we always talk about Mm -hmm. with, like, his distribution. But Mm -hmm. that pass was perfect. It was on the money. And the touch from Pulisic to get away from the defender was exquisite. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then just the cheeky chip over the keeper into the top corner. Gotta love it. As he's running away from goal. Just unbelievable. What a goal. And, oh, absolutely. You know, our podcast, of course, is not the biggest fan of Lugijovic, but no. great performance from him, filling yes. in for Drew, a goal and assist. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly what you want out of him. And exactly. We're not obviously big critics of him. Um, yes. But hey, that's exactly what you need to do to prove us wrong. Yes. Just go out there, perform, get it done. This game was done and dusted early and. That's exactly what Milan need. Like, don't leave it anything to doubt. Like, just just get it done. And now mm-hmm. it, it seems to be forming a three-horse race for the Scudetto. With That's Inter, right. yeah. Juventus, and Milan in that conversation. And, that, you know, and you, you, you said it right. You're going to need Jovic here to step up. And mind you, we've had this conversation briefly at times throughout the, this, this first season here. Uh, talking about the fact that you know stats are deceptive. I think we can we can all get reeled in by stats because, well, okay, you've scored you know X number of times, you've assisted X number of times, and nothing else matters, right? But it is important to see Jovic performing outside of just scoring and assisting, right? He should. I, I think I'd like to see him just fighting a little more, having a little more uh, evenness in his performance, right? Playing off the ball a little better. Because the thing is, during a game, you can see the players are making an impact even if they don't score or assist, right? It's easy to see. And so that's that's what we need more of. Even if you don't score, if you can somehow create opportunities for the people around you, that's just as important. Just as important. So if he can maintain his performance uh, level here, heck, even half of it, it's going to be great for Mila. And uh, you mentioned a three-horse race. Man, this is going to be... I have a feeling it's going to be a good end to the season. Wow. I hope so. It's trending in that direction. Like, Juventus and Milan are playing great football. And oh, getting results. <clears throat> and if somehow and Napoli wake up from the slumber, 
can you just imagine the uh, craziness of a four-way race for the first uh, first place there? Oof. Yeah, I mean, I can only dream. I mean, Friday starts that way. Yeah, gotta have it. Absolutely, yes, it does. Man, I'm looking forward to that game. That's gonna be so good. We're definitely gonna win. But, anyways, um, Napoli is definitely emaciated right now. We can we can pounce on them a little bit. Just throw Gatti in front of goal and just pass it over to him. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but you know, Milan did what they needed to do. They've got their second win in Serie A now, so they're building momentum. The right time to do this. Um, and more importantly, they did not drop points, especially after what was honestly a very disappointing game against Dortmund, right? I cannot emphasize that enough. This team did not show up for that game, right? No, it was definitely disappointing. Like 10th minute, Royce gets a penalty and scores. And it's just like, not what you want, but you saw the resilience. You saw Chukwese get his goal and you're like, all right. All of a sudden, we're in halftime. It's 1-1, anyone's game. This right. is a crucial game at home against an opponent that really you should be better than. I mean, Absolutely. the Bundesliga is a good league. I'm yes, not disrespecting that. And Dortmund are a good team. Mm-hmm. But Milan have to get points at home in that game. And, yeah, they just got beat. But now getting I mean, it says a lot. Like Adiyami, you got beat by a bunch, a bunch of U23 kids. And that's not like they are very good. Like, this is yes, Dortmund we're talking about. That is a, mm-hmm. like a youngster factory that yeah, they just absolutely. find these guys and they sell them for big fees. And both those guys will be sold for big fees. Um, but still, you just you expect better from a team that has. Teo and Pulisic starting in the lineup. Andrew, I mean, Drew miss a pen. Yeah. So again, like that's we talked about earlier, can't miss pens. But that's in the sixth minute. Like, mm-hmm. if he hits that pen, I mean, game could be different. We don't know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, not not the result you wanted as a Milan fan. And no. now you're sitting at the bottom of the table, probably basically just hoping to get into Europa League at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would take quite a miracle for them to end up in second place at this point. I mean, it would literally mean PSG just fell apart. I don't even know how that would happen. I mean, that would that would require quite the quite the horrifyingly awful act on yeah. PSG. I mean, part. PSG would have to lose at home to Dortmund, which we saw Dortmund can beat teams on the road. But absolutely, Milan would then have to go to Newcastle and win at Newcastle. Exactly. To be fair, they have to do that regardless. But still. Yeah, I mean, you know, this team just did not uh, show up. I mean, the reality is they they can do better than us. There's no no way. I mean, I didn't expect a stat line. I don't think you did either, right? No. This was not something that uh, I think anyone expected. And I I think I was watching the the recap uh, afterwards on on Golazzo. And, you know, they were talking about the fact that this was just not the game that Milan, um, anyone ever expected Milan to, to put forth, and it showed. The Chiquese had a you know great game that was that was fantastic, but the rest of the team has to do better. They have to show up, and uh, well, they did not. I mean, Dortmund just were the better team, but with that, you know, Milan maybe will have bounced back, maybe by some miracle, PSG will lose and Milan will win. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But we'll talk about that when, uh, was it December 14th, I believe, is the next game? Yeah, it's next week, not oh, next week. Not That's right. this yeah. upcoming week. Not It's the week after. So we'll talk about that uh, next week, of course. But with that, let's just talk about these, uh, the last game. The game that aired on Monday, uh, at least in the U.S. at 2.45. It was Torino-Atalanta, right? And Atalanta just came off of a 1-1 draw with Sporting, which which fine. You know, Sporting is a good team. They should beat them, but whatever. Uh, again, Sporting is a good team. Now, Torino comes in and essentially says, uh, no, Atalanta, actually, we we will dominate you. And they did. Boy, it was embarrassing. I watched this game and I just want to fall asleep. 
Yeah, I mean, Atalanta's top scorer, he really got them going. Uh, oh, wait, that's yeah. actually Torino's top scorer. Uh, Duvon Sabato with two. Yeah. Uh, didn't celebrate, thankfully, against his parent club. Yeah, that was um, But, yeah, that's just uh, – that's not – not great from an Atlanta standpoint that no. Zapata's the guy that's putting the nail in the coffin. Um, at all. But yeah, Atlanta really leaving something to be desired. Um, you expect them to do better, and they were just never in this competition. No, they were not. And Torino, I mean, that's a great result for Torino. Like, yeah. props to them. That's exactly what they need. They want to get back mm-hmm. into that. Europa Conference League com- uh, conversation, and they're doing that. 19 points. They're only four point back of uh, Fiorentina. Mm-hmm. Um, three, back of, three back of Bologna, which potentially could be that Conference League spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so great result for Torino. They looked very good. They played well, which is That's something true. we don't often talk about when we talk about Torino. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Atalanta, like six losses already. That's that is not what you want. No, it is not. I mean, and you know, uh, I, I think it says something about maybe this uh, Atalanta train is sort of running out of steam a little bit. Maybe Gasparini just, you know, can only do so much, uh, perhaps, right, with the limitations in terms of finances. Then again, you sort of start thinking about some of the finances, right? And you're like, wait a minute. Haven't Atlanta like reaped in quite quite a bit of a reward there? Haven't been haven't haven't they been making quite a killing, right, financially, uh, for years now? And it doesn't feel like they've been spending as much as they've been uh, taking in, right? So it makes you wonder. I'm just throw this out there for you, Robbie. Makes you wonder, are they just taking the money and walking home with it? What is going on? Yeah, I mean, they got Skamaka, which, like, sure. look, that was a good buy. That was a big buy yeah. for them. Um, yeah. He's hurt till January. So, like, yes, the is, depth and... isn't there. And no. CDK shouldn't be starting on a consistent basis. No. Um, and it's showing. He did not play well. And, yeah, I mean, when Lookman doesn't play to an elite level, it's... Yeah. It's never going to look good for Atlanta, especially since they don't have Zabata, <laughs> Zabata anymore. Yeah, exactly. um, right. They got rid of him because they thought, oh, we have Skamaka, and now he's hurt, and now they're holding the bat. Yeah, I mean, this this definitely, uh, definitely feels like a depth issue. I totally agree, but it feels like something they, they should have been thinking about uh, before it got to this point. And it seems like somebody's uh, lacking a little bit of um perspective perhaps uh i'm i'm not sure but they've got to turn the ship around before it goes completely off the rails cuz they're they're ways down on the uh city out table right now granted plenty of games left but it doesn't look great right this very moment if they keep playing like this uh yeah. any thoughts you want to sort of contribute on the sporting game yeah i mean sporting are good like they the draw basically clinches their uh, top of the table, which yeah. is great for them. Mm-hmm. Not, they get to avoid the Champions League team, the third-place Champions League team, as long as they don't get smashed in their final game against um, Rakawa <laughs> Zestakawa. <laughs> you practice that name. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't blame you. But yeah, that team. Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, no disrespect to them. But yeah, no, absolutely Atlanta not. should be absolutely smashing them. Or at worst, getting like a draw because that's all you need. But they should win that game. Um, yeah, so, you know, you didn't lose against Sporting, which yeah. was the objective in that game. Marcus mm-hmm. Edwards is a heck of a player. and Yes, yes he is. You know, he got the goal for Sporting. Um, Skamaka, unfortunately, got hurt. Yeah, not ideal. He did. Uh, but he got a goal first, and so you know, and yeah, one one, nothing exciting. Just got the job yeah. done. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it just seems like a fine result. 
you know, expecting expecting the fact that you're you're facing Sporting. Sporting is a tough team. I'd have a much harder time if this was Servette. You know, you're tying against. Um, definitely not that kind of scenario. Uh, totally fair result, I would say. But you know, with that uh, said, just uh, looking at this table currently, right? So we've got Inter at first, Juve at second, Milan uh, and Roma rounding up the top four, followed by Napoli and Fiorentina. Uh, and that rounds out the top six. Um, I don't expect this to, to last this way, but any thoughts on this, uh, you know, table? Yeah, I mean, it's the top three we expected, probably expected Napoli to be more in that conversation than so far back. Um, mm-hmm. Roma is a surprise at four, but like we talked about, the next six games are going to be pivotal for them. And yes, I'd love to revisit once those six games happen because mm-hmm. he, they literally play team seven, six, five, three, two. Yeah. So it's just right. like they play everyone that they need to in this mm-hmm. important stretch. Lukaku and Dybala are healthy. Yeah, they are. Right now. So this is a huge stretch for them. I can't stress that enough. If they get let's say 13 points out of 18, mm-hmm. that's huge. Granted, that yes. only gets them to 37, So, but but still, that's still yeah. solid. Like, I mean, Inter at 35, so we're not talking yeah. about Roma winning the league, and that's fine. No, no. Um, right. But you got to be in that top four conversation, and let's see how they do in these six games. 100%. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, the opportunity for them to maintain this, this league position. And uh, if they do, fantastic. Um, we shall see, though. You'll definitely be there to cover it. Now, uh, before we uh, go on the previewing match day 15 here, uh, I do want to just quickly go over the European uh, status of uh, the Italian teams, right? So starting with Napoli in Group C of the Champions League here, uh, they're looking good. I think they should have this Braga game, right? They should, they should may be able to maintain the second place finish in Group C. What do you uh, What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean they have. Well, they have Madrid, Atleti on the road in their final game. Um, but yeah, they should they should be able to hold them off. Um, well, actually, no. Sorry, they are already qualified. Um, yeah. Uh, so if they beat. Madrid away in Madrid, they will win the group. I don't think they'll do that. But if you're Lazio going into it, that's a win. That's you wanted to advance out of the group and you got. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lazio uh, has every opportunity right now to be able to to make it out. Now, Milan seems like the last the sort of team that we're all sort of expecting to go to Europa League at this point. Uh, they just haven't played well enough. But uh, Lazio seems like they, they should be fine in, in this scenario. Inter, I think, are fine. They they might, if they beat Real this week, right, they should be able to advance the top spot in uh, Group D. And then Napoli should be able to comfortably maintain second place, right? So that means three out of four Italian teams advancing to uh, next round. Not and yeah, I, sorry, I thought you said Lazio last time, not Napoli. No, no, no worries. That's on me. No, um, but yeah, Napoli against think. Braga, Napoli should easily be able to get through that. Like, all you need is a draw. Yeah. Or a loss by one goal. Right. Yeah. One. So they should definitely be able to do that. Just can't have an inter meltdown by that. No. No, absolutely not. They have to show up for that. But, you know, not a bad turnout, right? I mean, three out of four Italian teams making it through. That's that's pretty darn good. Seventy five percent success rate, and that'll probably help us in that um, upcoming change, right, to the Champions League format with a potential yeah. fifth team Italian team heading into the Champions League. Yeah, so it'll be very crucial if Milan do beat Newcastle. It's Absolutely. not the end of the world if they don't get second and PSG lose. But if they go to the Europa League, then okay, then they can start maybe progressing in that competition. And that exactly. still gets some coefficient points because it's an average of what all the teams are. And so mm-hmm. far, everyone is alive. Milan is the only one that is really struggling. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, moving on to the Europa League uh, groups here, Atlanta, we just you just mentioned just a, a minute ago, they're at the top of their table. They look fine. No real concerns there about their positioning. Um, on the other side, Roma should be, uh, they're fine as well. They should go through. It just depends on whether it'll be first or second place, depending on the results. But yeah, most likely either way, second, but yeah, we got through. They'll make it. And then uh, the last uh, stage of this was uh, the Conference League, and Fiorentina are comfortably up top. They're fine. As they should be. Absolutely. Now, they do face a second place, right, uh, opponent. So uh, they do have to win this game. Uh, at the very minimum, just tie, right? Um, so either draw or win in this game. And uh, they maintain first first place. Yeah, this and is I mean, they shouldn't they shouldn't drop points to Ferencubos. No, they're they just not. not that. I agree. They're not that team, and Fiorentina no. are far better. Yes, they are. As they reminded us, by the way, um, again, they finally sort of woke up, uh, which which was nice to see um, against uh, Salernitana. Although I just hope it, it continues. But with that. Let's uh, do a little bit of previewing uh, for match day 15 here. Uh, starting off with the game of the week, I think, by far, right? I mean, Juve-Napoli. This is it. This is the game I uh, am looking forward to. 2.45 this Friday, Eastern Standard Time. Start us off, Robbie. This is going to be a great game, but not for you. This is <laughs> wow. This is a statement, gotta have it game. For Napoli, yeah. because you can't mm-hmm. come off that three nothing loss and then double down and get another big loss. It's just yeah. a tough stretch, but you got to have. I mean, one point really isn't the end of the world, but I do expect Napoli to make a statement in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the biggest weakness for them was their defense, and Inter exposed them in that spot but they still mm-hmm. had that attacking prowess. I think they'll. it's going to be tough. I just can't see this offense getting clean-sheeted two games in a row. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Napoli win. I just think wow. this is the type of performance, the rebound that they'll have. They are a good team, and good teams rebound. Um, Juventus are, of course a very good defensive team. I just mm-hmm. I just think Napoli are going to be too much in this game. I do not appreciate that, sir. <laughs> I do not appreciate that. But <laughs> jokes aside, um, fair prediction. I mean, I, I understand why you're saying it. Uh, I do think, however, this team slide will continue. Uh, that was a pretty humiliating loss. Uh, I, I'd say that probably did not feel great. With that, I'm just going to throw a 2-1 podcast special and, and just Christian special prediction here. And that is Juve, by the way. Juve winning 2-1. Two, two um, I think they'll get close. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to, to, to come back. Uh, we are currently playing very good defensive football. Very, very good defensive football. Outside of Gatti. You know, we can probably take him out of the equation, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, and I'm going to keep coming back to that poor guy. Uh, yep. He's doing great. He's doing fine. He's doing fine. Um, you said great. He's doing fine. We heard it. But <laughs> I didn't mean it, I swear. But uh, <laughs> um, jokes aside, you know, there there are, of course, some issues to consider here. We are still struggling with depth. Juve is still lacking midfield depth. So Caviglia could very well start again. Um, Locatelli is still coming back from injury. That could also impact this because I'm not sure he's still able to play full 90 minutes or anywhere near uh, close to that. So this might be another one of those instances where Locatelli comes in in the 60th or 70th minute. That might be too late. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Cavilla didn't perform great against Inter. Maybe this is too big of a task uh, having him going going against Napoli. Uh, but that will remain to be seen. My prediction to one uh, Juventus, uh, Forza Juve. But <laughs> with that, moving on to the next highlight for us anyways, uh, out of this week's uh, matches, Atalanta and Milan. Milan away. 
What are your thoughts? Uh, this is a big Milan uh, Havoc game. Now, granted, Atalanta got to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I just don't put them in the same breath as Snapley. I don't think yeah. they have that grinta to get it. Um, Agreed. I'll have Milan winning that game. Um, Scoreline being, let's do a 3-2 Milan win. Wow. High scoring, high, good affair. Exactly what you want. You know what? I appreciate the confidence there. I really do because you know I love this Atalanta team. You love this Atalanta team. I think everyone enjoys watching this team play when they play really, really well, right? It's fun football. However, they seem to have lost that. Um, And it, it does sort of concern me when you look at their fixtures as of late, they're not exactly inspiring confidence. Um, Due to that, I don't even see them three, two, just, I don't know how they'd score two against this Milan team. I I just don't see it. They're far, they're on, on different levels. They're far apart. I see this game ending up three, zero. They're going to get blanked back to back in three, zero fashion. That's, that's my prediction right there. Sorry to any Atalanta fans. I mean, I, I feel bad just saying that, but I I didn't see any life in that Torino game. If they can't play well against uh, Torino, how can I expect them to play well against Milan? And mind sure. you, Atlanta is not one of those teams that also plays like fantastic football at home. It's not as if they like reawaken at home. That's fair. You make a fair point. But, you know, we'll see. These are all just, you know, numbers thrown up in the air. And, uh, well, <laughs> I've, I've not exactly had a great track record of predicting these things. So, you know, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, with that, let's uh, take on our last game from Match Day 15, um, Roma versus Fiorentina. It should be a, fa- a fun match. It should be a really fun match. Yeah, I'm going to have a podcast special in this game. Oh, wow. Uh, Roma winning 2-1. to one. Uh, I just think that Roma are going to be more rested. They'll have mm-hmm. both Lukaku and Dybala um, healthy, ready to go. I think they'll make the difference at their home. Fiorentina have Coppa Italia tomorrow, um, December 6th, so That's they'll right. be on shorter rest than Roma, I would say, than normal, but really they've been playing on Thursdays, so they're used to these two, three days. Um, mm-hmm. But still, having a week off compared to four days – is a big deal. And, you know, Fiorentina, I'm sure they circled Coppa Italia as a competition that they could win that the conference league. Um, So they prioritize that compared to the game against Roma. Um, They're still an offensive firepower. They just find ways to score goals. They're fun. Uh, Yeah, they do. And Roma find ways to concede and then win it, win it dramatically late. So I'll, I'll say two, one, Roma getting one in the final 15 minutes is the winner, per usual. Honestly, seems like it, it, it'd be pretty accurate. Uh, I'm going to go a different, different direction. I will say 3-3 draw. Ooh, yeah, that's three, what I'm talking draw. about. Absolutely. I would love Sticking that. My neck out. Uh, it'd be a fantastic game. I mean, who wouldn't love that, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I just see this Fiorentino team. Uh, they're playing Parma. I'm... I, I'm personally not too concerned about that. Uh, they should be able to dispatch Parma with ease. If they if they aren't, then I really screwed up, and I I will just say right off the pod uh, the top of the next next week next week's podcast that I screwed up, and I will just own that. But um, they should own that game. There's there should not be any trouble. The reality is uh, the Fiorentina team. If I were to take either one of these teams in a matchup, it would be Fiorentina. The only reason why I'm saying draw is because of the fact that they are playing an extra game between. That can still tire you out. So that's the only reason why I'm not saying 4-3 Fiorentina. Uh, should be entertaining, though. Should be entertaining, especially if Lukaku just wakes up and he declares himself in uh, as the best player in, uh, in the world after the game. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah. There should be plenty for us to talk about next week. Let's just put it that way. Uh, with that... We have come to the end of another episode. We'd like to thank everybody 
that is listening to this podcast. Whoever you support, we are here to keep you up to date with the latest exciting action from Cydia. Robbie, thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me. Uh, Great episode. Uh, And everyone, follow us on Instagram, Threads, X, or Twitter, whatever the name is today. Uh, And YouTube, please, at United by Calcio. Thank you. All of it. And Follow, like, subscribe. Have a great day. Yeah. No, don't listen to him. Don't listen but to him. Of listen course, to him. No, of course. No, do that. Just one thing that we want you to take from the podcast. Oh, God. I was hoping we could this. Forza Inter. Yeah. Top of the table, baby. Why do you insist <laughs> on doing that? We, it's great. It's great. I just got to remind, the people, on doing remind the people that we are Come on. top of the table. Our Inter. This is oh, this is feeling a little Gagliardini-ish. Okay. No, 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 no. This is feeling a little. No, like I just that. need. It just need to remind you. You know, I can't hear you all the way down there in second place. Oh, it's all the way down oh. there. Yeah. So far <laughs> down. Right. So far down. Thanks for joining. <laughs> you know what? Thank you for keeping first place warm for us. We'll be back up there. <laughs> With that, ciao, everyone. Uh, ciao. We'll see you again next Wednesday, Robbie. See ya. Ciao. See ya.